This is The Instigators, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are going to overtime! Trade market is almost always in overtime. Even when there's a roster freeze, the wheels are spinning towards something, and we never know quite what. So, Marty, with so many things just around the corner, like the NHL draft, NHL free agency, development camps, preseason, next year's regular season. Like it all comes up quick and you've got to constantly be thinking about manipulating, enhancing, improving your roster. So what do you say we do a little most wanted on this day, but only with the caveat via trade. We're not going to deal with the, you know, free agency and that aspect just yet. Are now, we, are we going to say- put posters all around Buffalo with the most wanted, like from the old Westerns and by the saloon and let's go, like, let's go put posters out. I, there. I love this. And I, I think our, our friends across the media world uh, often have an influence on daily discussions and uh, certainly long-term projections for players. But, you know, Frank Sarvalli's done a nice job with daily face-off this year, and he's, uh, he's built up some impressive content, but certainly he's kept people intrigued with the, uh, you know, the top 50 free agents possibly and the top yeah. 30 trade possibilities. So, I would suggest that Frank had a little bit of an influence on our, you know, most wanted. Now, I would really love to say that the show is co-sponsored by five guys this week because you've got five guys. I've got five guys that we're looking to acquire via trade. But uh, no, it's our it, our meal ticket, if you will, is Seneca Resorts and Casinos. And uh, obviously, we're looking forward to diving in on the trade front. Um, are you expecting the Sabres to be very active? when it comes to deals this summer? I am not. And I think I've been pretty consistent at saying that the Sabres will have a very conservative approach when it comes to trades and free agency. Uh, But that could always change, right? I mean, they are going to have their scouting meetings, their preparation towards free agency meeting. Uh, They'll all be together at the draft and all the GMs for the first time in three years now will all be on the same draft floor. Now they've met at the GMs meeting and whatnot, but the draft floor with the assistant GMs, with the the head pro scout, the head amateur scouts uh, and everything, coaches, it's going to, to gather some momentum some talks, some rumor mills, uh, and all of it. So I think there's going to be some action. I just don't think the Sabres will be heavily involved. And if they do, um, we'll have more to talk about, and it will be fun. We'll be live in Montreal, of course, and things can happen before then at the time. And, of course, uh, much after the fact when free agency rolls around as well. When you're serious we about, about – the- Oh, go I, I, sorry, Duffer. I just want no, to say when you talk about Montreal – do you think I should bring my Nordiques t-shirt with me and just walk around the streets of Montreal with it? And by the as way, as long as we I'm have only... a camera following you. And yes, yeah, and, and, and people are going to love me because uh, the Nordics are not there anymore. So everybody's got more love for, for things that have disappeared. But the only reason I'm wearing it today is because today is the Quebec holiday. It's the Saint-Jean-Baptiste as we record this on Friday, June 24th. It is the Saint-Jean. So to all um, people in Quebec that are celebrating, be safe. But uh, that's where I'm wearing my Quebec shirt on. 
When you're serious about the game and or French holidays, bet on Buffalo <laughs> at the only sports books in Western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters are open daily. and Self-service betting kiosks are available 24-7 at all three locations. Whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek, the Sports Lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens so you never miss a play. The sports book at Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. Most wanted via trade. Let our debate and discussion begin with you, Marty. Who's number one on your list? Okay. Number one on my list is somebody that we've talked about for quite a while now because the Minnesota Wild are such in a cap a crunch with the buyout of. Um, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. So they are going to need to move somebody, somebody who has had a really good season. And I feel will be, uh, will be traded. This is somebody that's definitely going to get traded from the Minnesota wild. It is Kevin Fiala. Um, I have always thought that there was something about that player that, that just would, would elevate his game. And we saw his game obviously elevate in the past year. And, uh, Look, is is that is that the the big swinging of the fence um, that some people may may want the Sabers to 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 accomplish? Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty close to it. I think that would be a significant trade if the Sabers were able to acquire a Kevin Fiala from the Minnesota Wild because uh, you know there's going to be a lot of teams calling it and then seeing that Minnesota is in a uh, very very tough situation having to move that player. Well, I think there's uh, an expectation of the move, and that's why you know, there's going to be no shortage of people looking into it, but we have to look at this realistically from a Sabre standpoint and always ask the question, why, why Fiala? And that comes with um, knowing full well, or very close to what the terms and dollar figures would have to be for a player coming off of a career year. So then how does it impact the current makeup of the roster and in the years ahead? Well, Fiala was eight, 85 points this year, uh, 30 goals plus. So I think that is a significant investment uh, to make. Uh, But the trade itself, I don't think is going to be as significant knowing that Minnesota is in that position. So I don't see Fiala um, as a, a unrestricted free agent type player because you're signing the player and not having to give much for, but I do think that the demand is going to raise that price up a little bit where Minnesota is going to have, you know, 10, 15 teams maybe calling and saying, Hey, we'd like Fiala and, and that's going to raise the price, but mm-hmm. um, 80, well, go ahead. What do you think the term, what are you going to sign Fiala for? And what are you realistically expecting to give up? Okay. So Fiala is 25. So I think he is going to, ask i would i would assume for a six or seven year deal mm-hmm. um and if he gets traded before the deal was to happen then a seven year is the max you couldn't sign kevin fiala to the eight year maximum because he wasn't on the sabers roster at the trade deadline last year so it probably will be a six to seven year deal and i would venture a guess that is going to be in the neighborhood of eight million dollars like i know that's a very hefty price but and maybe eight is on the higher side because he's 85 points i think mm-hmm. that's around eight million but 
Where do you project him? How does he fit in your team? He's 25 years old. He fits perfectly he's on this Sabres 26 team. next month, but yeah. 26, yeah, okay. But he, he fits perfectly in this team. You got Alex Stuck, same age. You got the, the, the 23 to 25-year-old guys that are all coming together. I think he's got experience. He has playoff experience. There's a lot to like there. A guy that is continually getting better. Not, he hasn't plateaued. He hasn't given you 65, 65, 65 the last three years. He's taken a jump. Is that a risk? Possibly. But I do think that's a risk willing to take. Knowing that the Sabres have this cap room, but it's not wasting cap room on an older player. It's really giving money to a player that would be uh, you know, beneficial and, and, and continue to progress through uh, your roster. You haven't told me what you're willing to part with. Well, I think for a player like Kevin Fiala, obviously the price is going to go up. Uh, it may have to be one of your first three round pick this year and a younger prospect, somebody that's not a, like an A plus prospect. I'm not talking about Quinn. I'm not talking about Paterka, but there's got to be somebody else that will come into play. So that would be what I would be willing to part with for a player like Kevin Fiala, knowing that Minnesota has to make the trade, right? So it's different if, if it's just somebody that's rumored to be in the trade and, you know, you have to really pay big bucks. This is where Minnesota is in a bad position having to make the trade. Yes and no. I, I think they're going to drive the market up significantly. Um, and Kevin's done that on his own. You're going to have to create a roster spot for him, though. So wouldn't somebody coming off, be coming off the roster as part of that deal? Could be. Now, there may be other trades uh, that you could make to open that, that, that roster spot up. Mm-hmm. Um, is it easy to trade uh, Rasmus Asplund part of that deal or Anders Bjork part of that deal? It's easy because they're, you know, low-end pricing that, that Minnesota would probably be able to fit under their cap. I think you could probably put a Casey Middlestat into that deal. Obviously, it would be appealing to Minnesota and their fan base to say, hey, Casey Middlestat, University of Minnesota, stand out, coming back to play for the while. That would be good. Where I don't think a player like Victor Olofsson would be a, a, a realistic approach to that deal is because Victor, with his mm-hmm. contract status, is going to need some money. And I don't know that right. Minnesota would be able to put that money under their cap. If they're trying to get rid of money, they're not going to want to acquire a ton of money in their sense. Anything else we uh, left off or should we move on to my uh, number one? I want to hear your number one. Cause I, I want this to start being like, we're starting to compare number ones. We're starting to compare our most wanted list. Who just, are more likely to get there? Just know that I'm expecting a full interrogation from you. And I will be continuing to pester you with questions on every name that you bring up. So I, uh, I'm prepared. I am I, prepared. I would say this, especially in light of um, what clearly had been bubbling under the surface for a while and now seems to be, uh, you know, locked in uh, Riley Smith returning to Vegas. Like I've been a big Riley Smith fan. I just don't understand what Vegas is doing because they, they keep marrying money to older guys. And like, they have to realize that they're, they're going to have to get out from under this cap mess at some point. Yes. They, they actually have some wonderful bargain contracts on the books, but I don't know if they can keep all of them based on the number of players they have and the range that a lot of them fall into. Now I'm reluctant to even start with this name because I don't know how you could look at yourself as a general manager after making this deal, 
but I would be I would be lobbying really hard right now with Vegas to get Shea Theodore off their team. I I would do everything possible to get Shea Theodore. Um, he turns 27 in August. He's got three more years at just over $5 million, which is incredibly friendly for a player who's basically a top 10 offensive defenseman in the NHL. I'd be intrigued to make it into a bigger deal that would include Keegan Kolasar because the Sabres need more size among their depth forward ranks. And I would force them to throw in Logan Thompson, which is highly unlikely based on his draft background <laughs> and relationship to the management structure in Vegas. But he at least showed us in the final 20 games when Vegas was desperate for a playoff spot that he could play in the NHL. Yes. And so then that means I would lump him into that category of so many others that are just, who knows the good thing with Thompson is he's young enough at 25 and he's still on a three-year deal, but Colasar and Thompson aside, Shea Theodore to me is worth uh, definitely the nine overall pick maybe buffalo's two first rounders like top two first rounders this year mm -hmm. and if they're unwilling to give up two first rounders to get them i would do a first and uh, two of the seconds next year they currently have three so i would give vegas back one and give the philadelphia pick um and then if they need more then it's the ryan johnson's of the world and the r2 rutzelainen's of the world and 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 we go from there i i I don't see how, and I have a few defense on my list. I, I, I don't know how you see, could do better than a, a super versatile Shea Theodore. That's funny that you have a few defensemen on your list. And as we go through the list, it's going to be interesting to see what type of defenseman you have on your list. But does Shea Theodore being a left-handed defenseman, although he could play the left and the right, does that worry you a little bit? Because you have Darlene, you have power. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are your top two left-handed left defensemen. Mm -hmm. Where do you fit Theodore? And how does that affect the other two uh, standout young defensemen that you have? My guess is it doesn't affect them because I spend most of my time watching Tampa right now. And they have a star on every pair. So they have Hedman on one pair. They have McDonough on another. And they have Sergachev on another. And if the champs can do it, then far be it from Buffalo to think they can't. Yeah, but we always say Tampa's weakness is the fact that they have so many good left-handed defensemen, but their right side is weak. And that is the, the their Achilles heel is the, their imbalance on from the left to the right on defense. So I'm just saying, if the how do you have an Achilles heel? God, I'd love to have six of them. Well, okay, but it like, is one on. right now. Like, what are we doing here? We're picking apart. This is like the draft. Okay, but we're not talking again. about All the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're somebody. talking. Stop finding fault and celebrate their greatness. No, and I say that. Okay, I will say this. Tampa is a great team. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's the Sabers having three, like quality left-handed defensemen, and nobody on the right side. I think would be a bit more problematic with the Sabres that they are not the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. I'm not going to argue that. That's your opinion. So I, I happen to think Shea Theodore is more than capable to play, play either side. So okay. I'm good. I'm good with it. So. Okay. I, I look, I'm not saying I, I do like Shea Theodore. I think he's a fantastic player. And I think you are again in that window of age that you're thinking your core players are going to be right at. 
He's only what? also only has three years left, which is basically the perfect length of time for then our current group of power and Samuelson to have fully established themselves. And then we say, thank you, Shay, for three amazing seasons. And hopefully get something in return. I like that. Actually, no, you out of your why? Why do you have to get something in return? Well, it's no, I'm okay. just saying the world, you're a player and world operates fine with players moving on through free agency. That's why it exists the way it does. We don't always have to throw like, is hang on. Well, I, I really want to throw my hat are. right now. I, I'm so sick of coming up to a deadline and just begging for somebody to throw us a fifth rounder to appease our appetite no. for let's not lose somebody for nothing. Okay. It's not Colin Miller. We're not talking about that player. We're talking about Shea Theodore here. And I'm saying, depending about... on where you are, you could always I hope get we're top something. two in the division after year, three years of Shea Theodore. Okay. Well, if that's where you are, <laughs> I totally agree. Your own rental. Dave, Dave, that phrase has been coined for a reason as yeah. a guy that's walking to UFA, but you need on your team. I have no yes. problem with that. I'm totally fine with it. I'm just saying, I think that if you want to also look at in three years, there's still a lot of value in Shea Theodore. He's not 35 years old, and you're like, okay, I'm only going to garner a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick. There's, there's still value there if you want to go there. But I'm more interested in the other two players that you want to put in this package deal. I'm a huge Keegan Colasar fan, and I do think that and, – and on my list, I've, I've got a bigger – forward that could play a more physical style hopefully i don't know that we've seen it fully but there's one of those guys on my list that i have as a most wanted trade mm -hmm. target but keegan kolasar is interesting and obviously goaltender i have a goaltender on my list as well not logan thompson but mm -hmm. i think that package yeah will if you were to go theodore kolasar thompson you are going to have a big package Sabers wise going that way. It's going yep. to be more than, you know, our two well, line and, and, and those type of player. You're talking about significant pieces. Yeah. And I think the Sabres have, you know, accrued many, but the, the point is, is if you're willing to part with two first rounders, you're minimizing the amount of prospects that are going the other way. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking you are, about a yeah. team that doesn't have a first rounder. So for them to all of a sudden get two, after everything they have not done in the draft the last number of years, it's a big opportunity for Vegas. You're putting it on a platter for them to let their scouting department do something they haven't been doing. So if we so. were, if the Sabres were making that trade, then we would have to marry it to the Jack Eichel trade because the Sabres got a first round pick from Vegas and that. So then we yeah. would have to say, okay, Eichel and then the return, including Tuck and Krebs and put the whole thing together to mm -hmm. see what this masterful seven-piece trade looked right. like in the end of it. Yeah, the, uh, well, I mean, who knows if it could ever turn out to be the Rick Martin trade tree, but, uh, you know, it, it, it would certainly have a different feel to it. And I'm not saying, like, I, I don't want Colasar and Thompson to cloudy, uh, like, to muddy the waters here. I mean, the focus is Theodore, and if it turned into something bigger, I think there's assets on Vegas that, that should be considered. Um, and, and again, who knows in what direction this, this all heads. Um, but I personally, I just feel like, you know, Theodore had been out there and then hadn't, you know, I'm, I'm certainly, uh, I'm certainly interested 
in seeing whether he actually does move this summer. So. And there's all the guys on. So if you go off a of Frank Cervelli list on daily mm-hmm. faceoff, I mean, there's Jacob Chikrin, right? Uh, are you? Well, hang saying- on, hang on. You got to go to number two. Don't, don't, don't start venturing down everybody else's list here. So go back okay, to your well, number okay. two. Okay. So there might, you said you have a lot of defensemen. So, okay. I'll, I, I guess I jumped the gun here because I'm intrigued by what you're going to do. I'll let you start with number two. I'll go with you number two, and then we'll do the snake type of uh, approach to it. All right. Number two is Eric Chernak. Yeah. You may know that he plays for the two-time defending Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning. He is a right defenseman, which should appease you. And he has one more year at 2.95 and is still then an RFA. I would be willing to give up a first for him. He was a second rounder. I wouldn't give up our top first to get him, but I would give up a first to get him. And I think he's pretty much exactly what people in this market crave. And that is a guy that does all the dirty work. And uh, I, I think the world of him. And I, you know, I sure there's people in this market that are upset rightfully so for his cheap shot on uh, Rasmus Dahlin. But uh, here's what happens when you get to be as old as I am. You tend to move on from stuff like that and, uh, you know, and hope that you can have players on your side that maybe have done, you know, done difficult things for you to accept over. I'm not saying you have to bring in all the bad guys. I'm saying people in this market clamor for guys that bring that element that Chernak has. So whether he hit Darlene or somebody else hit Darlene, I think it's good to have a guy like Chernak on the team. And it's Um, not just about that. I think he plays well on, on good teams, obviously. No, and I'll say this. So for those people that think, oh my goodness, like how would Dalian feel if Eric Chernak came to Buffalo and they, they hate each other? Now, I'll tell you a funny story. I believe it was Grant Jennings that took Donald Odette's knee out, right? And Donald was livid, like hated the guy. And then Grant Jennings ended up playing with Donald Odette in Buffalo. It happens. Like things on the ice, Yeah. a lot of times you leave them on the ice or whatnot, I think. But I, I love this. Duffer, I'll be honest with you. I absolutely love this. And I love it even more when I was watching game four of the Stanley Cup finals in Tampa and Eric Chernak is absolutely putting his body on the line as a standout penalty killer, block shot, uh, uh, shot blocking defenseman that is big and physical. And I do think that, again, maybe you have your top four of Dallin Samuelson, Power Yoki, are you? And Samuelson could turn out to be in the same style of Eric Chernak in the way that he plays. Mm-hmm. But you always have to have somebody to look up to, somebody to say, hey, I want to follow in this footstep. And playing on the third pairing, Chernak would have that role of saying, every time there's a penalty kill, you're jumping on the ice. Like Michael Pekka said on this podcast, he said, I knew penalty kill, I'm on the ice. You know who else knew that? Dan Girardi. You know who else knew that? Jay McKee. Like they weren't waiting. They were getting on the ice. That was their, their job. So I do think that uh, uh, Eric Cernak would um, be a good addition. Now, I don't, well, not I don't think. I know that Tampa Bay is not really in a position right now to say we have to trade Eric Cernak. And mm. they probably would not want to part way with Eric Cernak. So you, you may have to sweeten the deal and force them into it a little mm-hmm. bit so um how do you sweeten the deal if if tampa says we're gonna get because maybe tampa wants to resign 
um, Andre Palat and knowing that he's a UFA and mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of money. So is there a contract on their, on their uh, roster right now that you could take that you would say, okay, we'll take Killorn at four and a half million uh, for one more year, as opposed to, you know, just to take that off your hand. Is there somebody like that, that you're willing to take back? Uh, I don't, I don't think there's any bad players on Tampa's roster. So I, if they need a favor, I, I'm taking it. It, it. All of a sudden you're going to turn this into Gilmore for Grosick and Dumont, you know, or like Grosick for Gilmore and Dumont, yeah. like it, it, one for one Grosick for Gilmore wasn't fair, especially when Chicago was eating the money and we ended up getting JP Dumont out of it. So if you're going to throw in Alex Kalorn to go with Chernak for next to nothing, then, you know, I don't say next to nothing. Obviously, you know, Buffalo's going to look Tampa's pretty good at evaluating skill. They're going to go through our list of prospects and presumably they're going to want something pretty significant and, you know, in exchange for Chernak, but you know, anyway, he's just a guy that I targeted. That's And all. I, I would think Tampa for the, with their development approach would be looking for a prospect that still has not turned pro or mm -hmm. has only played one pro year. They don't want somebody that's two, three, four year, years into their development. They want to be able to grab their hand on a player and mm -hmm. say, we are going to do it this way with you. So that that may be a different wrinkle in, in what would be a trade for Eric Chernak. And, we have to pick up the more. pace. It's going to be a six-hour podcast. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. Okay, my number two guy is Anthony Beauvillier of the New York Islander. I've always liked Anthony Beauvillier. He did score 21 goals four years ago, which is, okay, he was 21 years old. He scored 21. Everybody thought Anthony Beauvillier is going to continue to climb. Last year, only 12 goals and 34 points in 75 games. He has two years left at 4.1 million, 4.15, I believe. So, is it a little expensive for a guy that got shoot, got 34 points last year? Yeah, it's a little bit expensive, but I do think there's more for Beauvillier to get. I also think that he is very responsible defensively, that when you would pair him with some of the younger players that are still learning the NHL game, the Quinn, the Paterkas, um, even Tage Thompson to a certain extent, right? He can play the left wing. Beauvillier is a left winger. If you had... Beauvillier, Thompson, and Talk, and you move Skinner somewhere else, um, I could really see that work. So, and he, he flies. He is so fast on the ice. Speed is not an issue. So, I like a guy like Anthony Beauvillier. You wouldn't have to give up much. And when I say much, I don't think you're looking at, at first-round picks and, and top-end prospect in this big package. So, I think this could be a valued trade for the Sabres to bring a guy like Beauvillier over to Buffalo. Um, my question would be why in the sense of um, you have a lot of forwards. So are yes. you delaying somebody's growth at all by bringing Beauvillier in? I, I don't think you are delaying somebody's growth. Again, I think it's two years that he has left in his contract. And after his two years, um, he will be a UFA. So if it works and you are seeing a guy like Beauvillier really taken off, then you continue on with it. He is also 25 years old. So that again, fits in that mold. And, you know, Cal Poso has one year left. Do I think Cal could be here for longer than one year? Yes. But I think you're going to see Cal's role maybe after a year or two diminish. So maybe uh, you see Beauvillier fit into that style where right now he could play in the top six, but after a year, 
and who knows what openings are there, you can move him to a third line and have that that role as well. So I, I've always liked Anthony Beauvillier. I like the way he plays, um, his attention to details. Uh, so I, I don't think you're you're altering somebody's growth by bringing in a player like Beauvillier. I think it just helps your group. And what did you say the price was going to be? Okay, I, the price is always going to be kind of the same thing. Look, I think that the Islanders could look at a Victor Olofsson if they wanted to and say, uh, you know, there's upside there, a guy that can score. Uh, the New York Islanders didn't score a ton of goals. They need goal scoring, so Olofsson could be there. Maybe they're looking at middle stat and filling in their middle of the ice, which is getting a little bit older when you have, uh, you know, Brock Nelson at 30, um, you have uh, Casey Zizikas at 31. You have a lot of older center in New York. They may want to replenish their their center line. So um, those are maybe pieces. And I'm not saying it's a, a multiple pieces, but if you went middle set for Beauvillier and something else, I think you can make that work. All right. You're up at number three. Oh, I got to go back to my list. Number three. Okay. Lawson Kraus of the Arizona Coyotes. You talked about size earlier when you mentioned Keegan Colasar. And I think Lawson Kraus has a ton of size. The only problem is he's not really played with that, that physicality that you would expect. He's, he was a high-end draft pick. Um, he was a, a very high-end um, prospect that, that people considered you know, that was going to turn out to be a star in the NHL because of his size, size and maturity, physical mm -hmm. maturity at a young age. Now, he had 34 points last year, but he did have 20 goals. So I'm thinking, you know, the 20-goal the part could be very uh, attractive to, to continue to build if you are going to move some pieces. Again, I look at Middlestad and Olofsson as pieces. I look at younger players as pieces, as Arizona has always seemed to be looking for young prospects to bring along and to move. So um, he is a pending RFA though, Lawson Krause. So, and he does have arbitration rights. So signing him to a new contract will be a bit tricky, uh, but the size alone with Lawson Krause in my, again, bottom six, I don't think Lawson Krause top six guys, but I think of a more third line bottom six guy, but I think the size would be, uh, would be good. Yeah. My concern would be that, if you're putting him in the bottom six, which on the Sabres is where he would be, I think you're going to be spending too much based on his arbitration rights. But anyway, speed is a concern too, a little bit. Yes. But again, I, <laughs> I was, I, I was going to be rude and say hard pass, but I'll put it mildly and just say that he doesn't move the needle for me. So. Okay. I, just the size, the size does. Yeah. And I, I think Arizona is always looking to get rid oh, of these are. prospects earlier. <laughs> Okay. I'm staying in Arizona. I would like Jacob Chikrin still and forever. So uh, he's 24. You can walk him into free agency on his current deal. He'll be a UFA after the three years at 4.6. It still makes no sense that Arizona would move off of him, but clearly they're not going to win. And clearly Chikrin had no designs on playing in college. So he doesn't want to play in a college rink. So, um, I, I <laughs> so that's, that's the bit. <laughs> That's the one reason why he's moving away from no. Arizona. I, 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 there's no reason other than, yeah, I get it. He's not a right shot, but it, like Theodore, he can play both sides. Um, I just love the kid. Love his work ethic. Uh, love his goal scoring ability the last three years, even though they've not all been full seasons. But uh, I, 
I think he would be just a wonderful addition in the middle of all of this. So. Why didn't he get traded last year? Well, we know Arizona asked too much, right? So. Well, exactly. So mm -hmm. do you think the price has gone down or is the price the same or gone up? Yeah, I think it's probably the same. I think there's going to be some significant suitors like LA, um, you know, so Florida may uh, still be in the mix. Florida, was Florida be in the mix for anything. <laughs> They're in a mess now. I understand so. that, but they, I mean, yeah. well, they're they trying be. to change the there. way that they oh. finish the season by yeah. changing coach and all of it. Yeah. And I think they'd probably still be in the mix. Yeah, no, I would. Yeah, that was it was not a disagreeing question. I, they, <laughs> I always wonder how these teams can make it happen. But yes, as a Florida native, Jacob Chikrin should certainly be a, a candidate down there. Um, I have nothing bad to say about that, no, by the that, way. I be, think that yeah. it would be a significant trade that I... Do I think is realistic for the Sabres to make it? Yeah, probably, probably not. not. I don't think that Kevin Adams is at that moment now where he wants to put this huge package together. He traded Eichel away, traded mm -hmm. Reinhardt, he traded Ristolainen. And I don't think he's at that moment where he's on the other side and saying, we are going to take in that big a piece, but mm -hmm. always love Jacob Chikrin. And yeah. I, I, I would welcome him on my, on my left side or right side or middle. I don't care where you put him on the fence. He, he's, he's on the ice for me. Well, number four is uh, it's, it literally, you know, based on what you just said is now not going to happen. So thanks for, you know, poking the uh, balloon with that sharp pin. Um, but yeah, to still on my list. He's at number four. Um, we've talked about this on going to happen. Well, we've not to Buffalo. We, we've talked about it on the show. Uh, I would give up the first, which is ninth. I would give up two seconds next year. Uh, I would give up Ryan Johnson, R2 Ritzelein, and Casey Middles' dad, rights to Eric Portillo. <laughs> Whichever combination Chicago wants, it really doesn't matter to me. The point of it is, is twofold, actually. Um, you're getting one of the game's most consistent scorers. He is going to turn 25 in December. He's on a 6.4 for this year. And then you're, let's say, give him three years times 10 because he's going to have the high qualifying offer. And like I said before, I'm okay with walking him right into unrestricted free agency and just enjoying two or three or four years, more specifically, three or four years of Alex to bring it because it lessens the pressure on Quinn and Paterka to come in and score right away. And if for whatever reason it isn't working for them, you have validated your group of forwards by putting a consistent 30 goal threat in there, which should help have a massive trickle down through the entire lineup. So that's why I love them. I love consistency. Which I should, I failed to mention early in the podcast that for me, draft picks almost old, I don't want to say no value, but I still think as a player, I'm sitting in the locker room. I don't care if they traded the next five first round selection. Yeah. Like, what are we getting? Who's coming in the locker room? And how is that making us better? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really and, put a lot of emphasis and, and weight in the traffic, but I'm also not managing a front office and considering right. a long-term aspect of a team. And the rebuild that Chicago is seemingly walking into and the fact that they don't have a top pick this year. So that's what makes it start there with the a top 10 pick, which they traded away this year to Columbus. So it gets them back in the game from that standpoint right away. And as mentioned, the Sabres have assets. So Chicago and them should talk. So. What if, what if they start by asking a Dylan cousins? And I, I know you mentioned middle stat and you mentioned other players, but what if the ask is, well, 
we really like Dylan Cousins. So mm -hmm. that is the first piece. And then we need multiple pieces. Is that a yeah. piece that you would would say for the Brinkett? Because the Brinkett is in a different category. I, yeah. I'll give that to you. I'm not saying Dylan Cousins for Lawson Krauss or anybody else. I'm saying it's Alex the Brinkett, 41 goals. I mean, in 82 games that you won that on your team, right? So um, is, is a cousin something that you would feel comfortable for getting to no. that level? No, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I, I don't think Buffalo is secure down the middle yet. Uh, and I don't even know if cousins is going to be the guy down the middle. I mean, we just saw him play on the wing at the worlds and he was fine, uh, which we saw in junior repeatedly. So yeah. um, I, I'm not saying it's a deal breaker, but it's clear that Debrinkit's a winger and Buffalo has, you know, we've not had enough time yet post Jack Eichel to know exactly what the middle of the ice is going to look like. We can make all the projections in the world, Marty, but there's no guarantee that it's going to line up the way, you know, people have it on paper right now. So uh, I'm not saying it kills the deal. I just think it makes it that much trickier. No, and I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think if we were, if the Brinkett had the same contract, one more season at 6.4, but it was 12 months down the road or even 18 months down the road, I think we'd have a better idea of what everybody else is, is going to be or looking like with the Sabres roster that yeah. I'd be like, yes, like that I'm firing right away. I think we're a year too early for that. And mm -hmm. in the sense that, they're still going to hope that maybe one of those guys turned out to be just like Alex Zabrinkit, that right. you will need to fill in with other, other needs around uh, your, uh, your roster. So that that's tricky to me, Yes. but I, I look, I was on the ice with Alex Zabrinkit when he was a 16 year old, or was he 16 or 17? Anyway, playing with Connor McDavid uh, in Erie. And I thought, wow. Like, this is a kid that loves playing the game, loves scoring goals, sees the ice in a way that only the, the really, really good ones do, mm -hmm. sees holes on goaltenders, only the, like the really, really good goal scorers do. There would be times where he'd shoot the pocket going and be like, what did you see there? Well, I knew if he moved, if I moved left, he was going to move right. His arm would drop and then I could find that spot, right? I'm, he thinks that way. It's, it's yeah. impressive. It's really incredible. So... Um, yeah, if that was to happen, I'd be, uh, I, I'd be blown away, but okay. That was your number four, right? Duffer. Correct. So I'm on my number four. Um, I went with three forwards. I'm going to go away from the forwards and look at the crease and goaltender and a player that I've said last season, I really like was Anton Forsberg of the Ottawa Senator. The problem is that Forsberg signed an extension with the Ottawa Senator. But here's another problem with the Sens is that Matt Murray played games down the stretch. Now they have Matt Murray to worry about. And what does that do for the team? Uh, Anton Forsberg and they have Philip Gustafson, who's on a one way deal this year, making almost $900,000. I don't think that the Ottawa Senators have the type of organization that are going to say, Hey, 900 grand in Belleville is uh, exactly what we want to do. So they are likely to start the season with three, which I think would be a terrible mistake. So if I was the Sabres and I don't know what I feel about UPL, is Craig Anderson coming back? What about the UFA market with Huso Campbell? Uh, what about John Gibson? I, I think there's a lot of what about, what about. 
I'd take a shot at Anton Forsberg and, and maybe even Ottawa give them something that they can't refuse. Goaltending is big and it's three-year deal. What could they not refuse? How can they not refuse? No, I said, what could, like you're saying, give them something they can't refuse. What are you trying to part with for Anton Forsberg? Again, I'm not saying it's a first round pick, but I'm saying you've got seconds, plenty of seconds, plenty of thirds. You put picks together. I think that is what the Ottawa Senators would would like to have. Uh, and again, I just pointed out in the locker room, if I am Alex Stuck and they're like, ah, they gave two second and whatever for Anton Forsberg, who cares? Who cares? We, we like it's a good goaltender, somebody that will help us win now and for the organization, somebody that bridged that gap between now and Levi and Portillo three years down the road where you would be. I think that fits the bill. That's why I liked Forsberg before he signed his, his extension, extension. And now that it was a three-year extension, I think it fits perfectly. You, well, it's, and again, uh, I'm terrible when it comes to putting package, trade package together. Yeah, so I think I Ottawa know, wants to win now, so I don't think they want the draft picks. That's all I'm saying. And would you they have trade a number- Forsberg in division? And that's the other thing with the division. Oh, my God, I hate that. Like, ugh. I didn't say that. No, I know you didn't, but I know that some people are thinking that, like, oh, Ottawa wouldn't trade that to Buffalo. They're competing for a playoff spot with Buffalo. Why would they want to give him a goaltender? You're absolutely right. Why would they want to give Buffalo a goaltender? Well, make him an offer they can't refuse. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You got number five? I do have number five, and this is, again, in division. And this, people, will laugh me all the way to the bank. Uh, but Justin Hall, defenseman of the Toronto Maple Leafs, he's big, he's slow, he blocks shots. He, I know, exactly. Duffer's walking away. For those who are listening to the pod and not watching oh. it on YouTube, he is actually walking away because, well, number one, it's a Toronto Maple Leafs, so he doesn't want to deal with that. And number two. The four-letter word, Marty, we don't allow those on this show. Yeah, well, Hall, H-O-L-L. So, but, and how did the last Hall work out? Hard no. Well, that was Taylor Hall, but yes. So here's the thing. You talked about Eric Chernak. Justin Hall is a lesser poor man version of what Eric Chernak maybe could be a bigger block Mm -hmm. shot blocking defenseman. One year left on his deal. You get him very cheap probably to get because Toronto, they're already not playing him much. I think Lilligren is ahead of him now in the roster uh, they, they'd be willing to part the, the, I think it's $2 million. It's one year, $2 million. So go ahead, take a chance on one year and see what you got just to finish your group of six D with a little bit more of that stay at home stability shot blocking type guy. Did you lose a bet to O dog? No, I, I just think that maybe, and maybe, uh, as Leafs fan, listen to this, because I know there's Leafs fan listening to this that they will uh, stop criticizing everything I say about the Leafs every time I speak up on Twitter. Okay, I'm going to end it with a defenseman as oh, well. You're not, you're not asking other questions. You're just moving right along. <laughs> We're out of time. Uh, Matt Dumba, 28 in July, 10-team, no trade clause, one year left at $6 million. Again, you're doing Minnesota a favor uh, by helping them cap-wise. Um, I like Matt. I, I think he's been a, a pretty consistent NHLer. I know there's always a pocket of people out there that are going to poke holes in who you like and who you don't and why. 
That's why we have the phrase chacun son goût, to each uh, their yeah. own, right? To each their own taste, to yeah. each their own, absolutely. I love yeah. Matt Dumba. Um, I, again, I think that is always discussed that it could be a player that because of the cap crunch of the Minnesota wild would have to be moved. Uh, and look, I like the term, obviously it's one year you try it out and, um, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I don't know. I mean, what's realistic to have to part with? Like, what if you gave up the last of your first rounders? Is that fair? 28 overall. Yeah, that's fair. Fair, fair isn't it? Me. I wouldn't want to do to much more than that as far as, you know, a package per se. Like, I feel like, hey, we're helping you out on your cap and you can replenish with a first and away we go. Yeah. And, and this is a guy that also is walking to free agency, unrestricted free agency. So, yeah. um, you know, Minnesota is looking, what's the deal now? And what is a deal that if, and I'm not saying they would, but mm -hmm. if they were to shop Matt Dumbo at the deadline, what, mm -hmm. what would be a deal that would be available at the deadline? You have a first right. round pick now. You could maybe select somebody you like, start development on that player and move on. So I, I don't see that as a bad trade at all. Yeah. And um, I think Dumba, although Minnesota's already made one Matt Dumba mistake is when they uh, decided to let Halla and Alex Tuck go to Vegas in the expansion draft. And they really did not want Vegas to go after any of their defensemen, mm -hmm. mainly Matt Dumba. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they would be, in my opinion, willing to part with, uh, with the defensemen. Yeah. But as mentioned, the uh, 10 team, no trade, you know, we would see where that would uh uh impact any potential deal of that nature always nice to get a guy though um at that age on you think on the cusp of unrestricted free agency because it would be no time like the present to have a terrific season all right let's and, wrap and it a up good with our two quickly like he's yeah for where's sure. a letter in minnesota and mm -hmm. uh, i think that that minnesota wild team from what I gather, I have a very strong group of leaders. You talk mm -hmm. about Marcus Foligno, you talk about Dumba, uh, you talk about uh, uh, even Zuccarello and Kaprizov. Like there's a group of guys there that that stand out to me and Dumba wears a letter. So I think you're bringing a good leader as well. Can you see this? I can see some of it. Go to your lower left. Lower. Uh, yeah. So this is one of the NHL award. Uh... No, 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 no. The ink. At the oh, no, I can't see that. Uh, oh, no, okay. I was trying to show you that as of today, I had Felino on our team for next season. So, oh, okay. So he was one of your lists. Uh, no, no, again. no. Well, no, I mean, it could end up being a bigger deal with Minnesota. Hey, I, I they need, they need cap help. So, well, okay. Let, quickly. And what the, if by the way, producer Jeff's came... eyes are better than yours because he saw that I had Felino on the top line. Know, so, so he's watching it on a 50 inch screen <laughs> in the control room and I'm on my computer, like barely seeing it. Meanwhile, we're NHL network circa 2008. Over <laughs> yeah, here. When you have all these, like the, the 16 by nine is very much 16 by nine. Right. So it's not 50 inch. So <laughs> centimeters uh, by centimeters. centimeters. That's uh, <laughs> if you are to. Let me ask you this. If you're to make a big splash with Minnesota, I, I always look at goaltender thinking, yeah. you know, oh, you throw Talbot. Talbot in the mix. If, 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 if they were planning to go another way, you would take Talbot in the mix. Obviously. I like, I like, I like that. I like that. Yeah. The Talbot, uh, again, I think he's a very good goalie. I don't know why Minnesota made the flurry trade to start with other than yeah. to just 
I thought it was going to be for giving them support and depth uh, to help Talbot, but uh, no, they went right with Fleury. I didn't understand that. Well, the prevailing sentiment from both of us uh, on a daily basis is, Marty, we've got a show to do, so we need to wrap this one up so we can do another show because there's always another show right around the corner. Let's leave with our three stars and make it spontaneous and somewhat of a, you know, a little voyeuristic, like looking over your shoulder. Oh, what other names did you actually have on your paper that you didn't mention today? Like three other names that you could see. Okay. So I don't like to say there are three stars because people would think like they're the right. top three the stars are so it's, it's just three. three. Okay. So I'm going to go Casper Kapanen was a guy that I had on my list that kind of moved off the side of my list. I think the speed, the age, and the fact that you would get him at a bargain now because his production has dropped, I mm-hmm. think, and he's moved a few times, I think would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have Jake Allen and, and or Samuel Montembeau on that list. And not just because there are two goaltenders that Allen on a one year left Montembeau more of a depth guy that you could mm-hmm. have as a backup and maybe even a three. Um, those were guys that were on my list. Uh, so there's three. That was Casper Kapanen, Jake Allen, and or Sam Montembeau. Wow. Uh, I have lots of threes. I'm going to go bargain with... shopping. I, I, I really bargain shop that one. I'm going with uh, Timothy Lil... Lil... Is it Liljegren? It's Liljegren, I think. Liljegren. I always mess it up for whatever reason. There are a few names that trip me up, but Timothy's was one of them. Uh, yes, uh, I would offer sheet him, as a matter of fact. Um, Will Borgen <laughs> and Sean Dursey. <laughs> Which, by the way, Dursey, um, you know, had some rookie votes this year. So Dude, if it wasn't for that, whatever his name is on Nashville, he might have been on the all-rookie team. Carrier. Carrier on Nashville. I'm he was kidding. right there. I would well, also he would have uh, to leapfrog Jimmy Drysdale, but that's okay. I have other names that I like to. Uh Pierre Engvall on the Maple Leafs is someone that I would consider prying. Wait, time out. You have two leafs on your list, and you gave me a hard time for even considering a leaf on mine. Time's up, Marty. I think we're <laughs> gonna go. <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen on the Instigators Overtime podcast. So we'll do it again next week. See you then. 